When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It's Wednesday, September 23rd, and this is the program that tries to help you get through your financial life without tearing your hair out. It's so easy. All you need to do is when you're feeling freaked, just send us an email. It's easy, right? Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. That is what Jill writes. And she says, hi, Jill, my favorite out and proud financial advisor. That's me, baby. I'm not a financial advisor anymore. Jill says, I hear you talk about the jobs report, the GDP, and other economic indicators. Your comments sound like, oh, this is so bad, so sad, but I wonder if these things affect me. I'm retired. My income is only my pension, Social Security, and my VA retirement benefits. I have VA health insurance, and it covers 100% of my medical costs. I have no bills other than a mortgage, and that takes one-third of my income. I'm very comfortable with my situation. I have a Fidelity Growth Mutual Fund. It's doing very well. I've been toying with the idea of taking all of my money out and putting it into something safe, like a CD. And this is why I'm asking my question. It makes me nervous at the thought of losing my nest egg. Your comments about the economy make me worry. Do these indicators affect me now, or might they in the future? Thanks for sharing your knowledge. I listen to your podcast every day. Well, Jill, I mean, I know that some of the the current state of the economy can be scary. But, you know, I believe that for most people who are long-term investors, if you just stick to your long-term game plan, you don't have to worry that much. Now, if you have the Fidelity Growth Mutual Fund and you're not tapping it for any of your general costs of your day-to-day living expenses, then maybe you could leave it alone. But if it's really bothering you, and you feel like you have too much risk, it's not that you should take all of your money out of the market, but maybe it's time to reduce your risk, okay? Steve writes, this looks like another, it's pretty basically the exact same question. The subject is moving investments to cash. Steve writes, we currently have a million dollars in Vanguard personal investor account, 65% stocks, 35% bonds. It will be our only source of retirement except a small social security check. My wife is 57. I'm 58. We have $300,000 in cash, no debt. Everything's paid for. Our home is valued at $650,000. Our second home, $125,000. We're self-employed and we're worried about the future like everyone else. Since markets are up, we were considering parking our investments in cash until after the election. We want to retire, let's see, it looks like in about six six or eight years. They will have $100,000 to live on before taxes. Vanguard said that if we want to park our investments in a reserve account, they would not continue to work with us. I mean, first of all, I'm laughing. I'm not laughing at the question. I'm laughing at Vanguard saying, no, thank you. We will not work with you. This is a terrible idea, guys. I don't know what you all think you know, but I don't know anything about the election. And even if the market were to go down, we've got six or eight years before you're going to tap this money. 
if you are nervous, if you are anxious, if you feel like you've got too much risk, then move to a 50-50 portfolio. Do not go to cash. I don't know what's going to happen, and neither do you. Please, gang, we've got to get our heads on straight. Market timing is nearly impossible. Ay, 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 Mark, what am I going to do with myself? And also, by the way, you think about six to eight years. Let me throw this in. Six to eight years, you're not pulling all your money out at once. You're going to take a fraction of that out. That money's got to last you for 20 or 30 years after that. All right. I'm off my soapbox. Here's Sophie. She's 24 years old. She makes 80 grand a year. And she says, I'm already saving for retirement, but I'm considering going to law school. I've saved 35% of my earnings over the last two years in my 401k and other savings accounts. I'm paying off my car loan. I don't have any other student loan debt. I would hope to start law school in the fall of 2023. I listened to your episode with the caller from Cleveland who was considering going to grad school for his master's in health administration. Okay, gang, if you don't remember that episode, that was an episode where somebody asked us about going to grad school because he was going to see a significant increase in his earnings by going to grad school. So that is something that helped me guide him to, okay, sure, if you get a significant bump. But for everyone else listening, and also for you, Sophie, it's not necessarily the case that when you go to graduate school or law school, for that matter, that you will see that increase. Now, my suggestion for you um, is really about, do you really want to go to law school? I mean, if you want to save for law school, then rather than contributing to your 401k, this has to do with really what you want. And I can't tell you whether or not to go to law school. If this is something you're dying to do, go do it. But if you think that you're just doing it to make more money, that is not a reason to necessarily do it. Okay? You really have to know that this is going to be three-year commitment. It's expensive. The reality is that if you're going to apply to law school and you're going to make this commitment, then you're going to have to pull back from saving for retirement and start saving more for law school. By the way, a lot of law schools are trying to get people to come to law school, so maybe you can get a little moolah to do it. You never know. Here's a question about FAFSA, the financial aid form that everybody hates. Mark writes, I love the show. It helps us keep going. I listen during my walk or bike ride. I feel like we're family. Love you guys. So cute. Okay. Mark continues. He says, my son is getting ready for college. He's a rising senior in high school, and we've hired a college planner to help us navigate the murky waters of the preparation for college. We'll be completing the FAFSA soon, and we make what appears to be too much money to qualify for most non-merit scholarships. Here's my question. Our planner is recommending that we shelter our emergency fund, close to 10 months of living expenses, in a fixed annuity so it isn't another item that would count against us on the FAFSA. He says that schools knew we're sitting on a bunch of cash. They'll have no incentive to help us. Fees for the annuities or this. We can terminate after one year. Okay. Sounds interesting. I'd like your opinion. Mark. Okay. Mark, please don't do this. And I think this is such crappy advice. I may, it's like actually, um, it's, it's incensing me. I, I'm getting, I'm feeling the blood boil. You should not be hiding assets to qualify for financial aid. You should be managing your financial life and making a determination about how you how much money you can actually put towards college. Like you really want to do this? 
You want to actually hide assets so that you could get money that maybe should go to somebody who's actually more deserving than you. I think this is a terrible idea. I think it's a lousy, lousy, lousy idea. And I would never buy an annuity. And I would never do that with my uh, emergency fund. And I would fire this person immediately. How about that? My mark, do you think that that's being too... I, I really tell you, this is a this is one of these strange shows where I am really off the rails right now. I mean, why would you? Mark says, why would it's crazy? Why would you want to lock up your emergency fund? It's so true. And and look at the reason you're doing it. What kind of messaging are you putting out there in the universe? And what kind? I, it's terrible. It's just terrible. You know what? Figure out how much money you can afford to get your kids into a decent school, and don't go crazy. Here's our last note of the day. This is from Jalen, and she writes, I was watching your report on kids and money, and I'm feeling pretty proud of myself. Good for you, girl. Oh, my God. My three boys were born over the course of 27 months. Oh, my God. When they were three, four, and five, I showed them a dollar bill. We talked about what they could buy with a dollar bill. We pulled out the good old ABC123 blocks. They did all their work. My point is simple. My boys are all doing well now as adults, of course, some better than others. But overall, I want to thank you for the reminder that I may have been a small part of that. Sincerely, a grateful mother, Jalen. Way to go. It doesn't take a lot. I did did a kid and money segment on CBS this morning. By the way, just funny thing about that particular segment. I got so much great input and so many, like the feedback was fantastic. One guy wrote me a physical letter ripping into me (laughs) because he said that I was being flip about the topic because I guess I went back to watch it and some point in the topic I was I was talking I can't remember which anchor it was but I said something about like you know you should explain to your kids that this guy FICA is not someone trying to steal your money that it's you know the way you contribute to Medicare anyway the guy says I was flip about that and I actually just laughed I could not believe that was the the response. More likely than not, the Jalens of the world were appreciative. And for all of you parents, you do have to actually talk to your kids about money. It's how they learn. It is how you model behavior. So I, I encourage you to do that. And you know, one of uh, one of the things that I think is really helpful is there's a website, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, consumerfinance.gov. Part of that website is called Money As You Grow. And friend of the pod, Beth Kobliner, was the one who helped create that. It's really good, and it will help you navigate these treacherous waters with your kids, okay? So give that a shot. Okay, that is it. That is the program. If you wouldn't mind, could you leave us a rating or a review? It would be very helpful to us. Don't forget to wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and of course, try to lift somebody up today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.